So, you want to learn British English, do you? You want to enjoy some British TV shows? Listen to some British music? Even make some British friends? But it's hard to understand them things. Do you know why? It's because you don't know the most common British slang words. Let's talk about it. Alright mate, how's it going today? I'm doing alright, thanks for asking. Today I've got a belting episode for you. I'm going to be teaching you the most commonly used British slang words. This is going to be awesome if you want to learn about British English and communicate with British people. I'm going to tell you what they mean, how we use them and give you some examples. Everything you need to know to master these British slang words. But before we get started, if you're new around here, my name is Dan and I'm here to help you stop being an English student and start being an English speaker. I make podcasts, I make videos, I make all sorts of good stuff and it's all designed to make you a confident communicator and I'll also teach you some British English along the way. Sounds good, doesn't it? So, if you're not new around here, welcome back. Hope you're having a good week. Thanks for coming back. And just before we jump into everything, quick reminder, you can get the free cheat sheet that goes along with this podcast episode right now by going to the link in the show notes. That's dansenseienglish.com forward slash study squad. You'll get the cheat sheet emailed to you. It's got everything you need to know to master all the stuff in this episode. It's got all the expressions, all the examples, everything you need, all in one convenient free to download cheat sheet. That's dansenseienglish.com forward slash study squad. Anyway, my week this week. Been a bit of a strange one since I last spoke to you. On Monday, I was telling you that I went to Kyoto and I made some videos. It was cool. But since then, it's been a long, hard, rough week at work. It's only Wednesday evening as I'm recording this, but it feels like about 20 years. Uh, lots of stressful stuff going off at work at the minute. But... On the plus side, if I look at the positive side of it, it looks like starting next year, I'm going to be able to spend a lot more time doing this kind of stuff. You know, making podcasts, making videos. I'm also hoping that I can move into, you know, stuff like uh, making courses. I'm planning a course, which I'm pretty excited about, but it's a secret, but maybe it's coming soon. Uh, I'll keep you posted. Uh, you know, um, maybe I'll hopefully have a bit more time for some lessons. I've, my lesson schedule is pretty full at the minute, but if you ever fancy taking some private lessons with me, it looks like I'm going to get a bit more free time to do that kind of stuff, which will be nice. Um, I'm also hoping that I can restart my other YouTube channel. For you guys, maybe you don't know, but I've got another YouTube channel where I make videos about life in Japan. Uh, the channel's name is Jadan, right? Basically, I took the word Japan and the word Dan and smashed it together and got Jadan. And I just make silly little videos about my life in Japan. It's not serious. Um, if, you're, if you're interested in Japan, it's worth looking at. But I'm hoping I can start making some videos for that again soon. Uh, to be honest, in the pandemic, it, it kind of stopped. I couldn't really make videos that much anymore. It's hard to make videos about life in Japan when... You can't really go outside and you spend all your time in your house. 
there's only so many videos I can make about my house in Japan, you know. <laughs> um, but I'm hoping that in the next year, I'm going to be able to find some more time for that. So, should be good. Other than that, this week, uh, what's coming up? Not too much, I don't think. Um, new episode of Taskmaster is coming out this week, so that should be good. But yeah, basically nothing's going on at the minute. Um, yeah, <laughs> I've got nothing to report. So hopefully I've got a bit more information for you next time I speak to you. But for now, that's basically it for my week. You know, uh, that's it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, I have got a question today, uh, literally asked today um, by a user on Instagram whose name I can't remember, something Portillo, I'm going to look it up because I always forget to write down people's names um, and I'm not professional, so let me find it. I'm sure it's G Gabriel Portillo or something like that. Um, I'm going to look now. Yeah, Gabriel Portillo 84. Uh, so I basically did remember, but there you go. So some good listening for a few podcast guys listening to me look on my phone. But basically, Gabriel says, what does get around mean? Now, get around is a phrasal verb in English, which naturally means there's quite a few different meanings for this word. Uh, the first one uh, I'll tell you is to travel to a lot of places. If somebody gets around, it means they travel a lot. You know, for example, I went to Spain last week, Germany the week before, France next week. I really get around these days. So, yep, yeah, get around means to travel to a lot of places. Um, when we use it to talk about people that are, let's say, sexually adventurous and they have a lot of different partners, you can also say, yeah, they get around. They get around. Um, you could say that as well. Uh, get around can also mean like travel around your city. You know, uh, I often use trains and buses to get around um, London, for example. So get around, travel to different places. Um, we can also, we sometimes use it to talk about old people. Like, could say, mm, in her old age, my grandma's starting to have a bit of trouble getting around. Like, she can't really move around because she's getting old. So, yeah, those are some basic meanings. Now, when we add some other words, like get around something. Uh, this can mean to kind of like, um, how can I say? Like, find a way of avoiding a problem. Now, maybe there's, uh, for example a rule and I want to avoid that rule I get around it so uh, a lot of big corporations like Starbucks and Amazon get around paying the correct amount of tax just by being terrible companies basically but there you go um, get around to something um, get around to doing something for example get around to doing your homework means you know finding time to do it Oh, I'm really busy this week, but I'll get around to that report tomorrow. I'll get around to doing it. Good. Um, let's see what else. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Get around. Get around to someone, something. I think that's basically it. If I can't think of any more off the top of my head, it's probably not that common. 
Um, I know in, in England, by the way, we don't always say get around. We'll say get about uh, as well. Only for traveling ones. If somebody gets about, they travel to a lot of places. Or my grandma's having trouble getting about because, you know, she's sick. Or, you know, I get around by buses and trains in London. You know, those kind of things. When we're talking about um, getting around a problem or um, something like that, we need to use the full phrase. But get about is a phrase that we sometimes use that's quite similar. Good stuff. Thank you very much for that question. If you've got any questions, you know what to do. Find me on social media. Hit me up and we'll deal with it in a future episode. Right then, let's move on to some slang. So this one is dodgy. And when we say that something or someone is dodgy, we mean that they're a bit suspicious. They're a bit questionable. They're a bit sus. They're a bit sketchy. They are dodgy. And when we use this one to talk about people, I'd say something like, that person is dodgy or that person looks dodgy, right? That person looks suspicious. They're acting suspiciously. That person looks dodgy. For example, I could say, look at that bloke at the bar. He looks a bit dodgy, doesn't he? Basically, I think he looks a bit suspicious and I don't really want much to do with him. Another way that we use this word all the time is to talk about food that doesn't taste quite right. Maybe something's wrong or it's out of date. Something's not good about it. We can say that food is dodgy or that restaurant is dodgy. For example, I could say that pizza we ordered last night were a bit dodgy. I don't feel too good today. The next one is knackered. Knackered. And this is a British English slang word that means tired, right? If a British person tells you that they're knackered, they just mean they're tired. Maybe they've been working hard all week. Maybe they've just run a marathon. Whatever it is, if they're knackered, they're tired. For example, you could say something like, I've been up studying English all night, so I'm absolutely knackered. We do sometimes use knackered to talk about an item of some kind. When it's broken or it's old and it's not working anymore, we can say it's knackered. For example, you might hear somebody say, I need to buy a new phone. This one is absolutely knackered. Now this one I use all the time, but that's probably because I'm a little bit lazy. But British people often use the expression, I can't be asked. I can't be asked. And what they mean is that they don't want to do something because it's annoying or it takes a lot of effort. And basically I just want to sit on the sofa and watch TV, but I have to do this thing I don't want to do. I can't be asked. It's like a less formal version of I can't be bothered. Maybe you've heard I can't be bothered. Same meaning I can't be asked. For example, you could say something like I can't be asked to go out tonight. It's been a long week at work. I'm absolutely knackered and I'm just going to go home and watch TV. Next up, we've got proper. And this is a bit weird in British English because most people expect that it means like authentic or real and it kind of does but the way we use it in the uk is to mean very or extremely it's very hot today it's proper hot today it's extremely expensive it's proper expensive we use it all the time it's one of those words 
that I use and I don't even really think about it. It just kind of slips in the sentence and we use it to make an idea that we're trying to express stronger. For example, that pub is proper expensive. It's £5.80 for a pint. Can you believe it? Another one that I hear all the time, I wish I didn't, but I do, is a cock up. And it's nothing to do with, you know, a cock. A cock up is a mistake or an error. We can use this one a bit like a phrasal verb, right? You can say to cock something up. For example, I completely cocked up that presentation at work last week. I made a complete mess of that presentation at work. We can also use this one as a noun and it basically just replaces words like mistake or error or failure in a sentence and it goes with the verb make. So we end up with a sentence like, he made a cock up of the hotel reservations. Next up is the word cheers. And in the UK, this one has three different uses. The first one is where you're in the pub with your mates. You've all got your first pint in your hand and you're like, yeah, cheers, mate. Clink, 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 clink. That's one way that we use it. That's probably the most commonly known way that people use this one. However, cheers in the UK also just means thank you. Thanks. If somebody does something nice and you want to say thank you, you can just say, oh, cheers, mate. Cheers for helping me move house last week. Cheers. Thank you. And finally, we can use cheers as a way of saying goodbye. Like, all right, mate. Cheers. See you next week. I don't know why cheers also means goodbye, but we do use it a lot when we're saying goodbye to someone. I'll often use it at the end of an email. You know, um, please get back to me by next week. Cheers, Dan. So it's kind of like thank you and see you in the same time, I guess. But those are the three different ways that we use cheers in the UK. Up next, we've got the word gutted, or as I pronounce it, gutted. And this means to be very disappointed about something. You know, maybe you get some kind of bad news and you're not very happy about it. You could tell people, mate, I am gutted. For example, I'm gutted we couldn't get tickets for the new Blink-182 tour. To be fair, I don't think anybody got tickets for the Blink-182 tour. Probably a lot of gutted people about now. Now, the opposite of gutted would be the word buzzing. If somebody is buzzing, they're really happy or excited about something. Maybe they could say like, mate, I am buzzing about this party next weekend. I can't wait. Buzzing can also mean drunk in the UK. Like you're starting to get drunk. You know, you've had your first beer. You're halfway through your second one. You're starting to get buzzing. You're starting to get a little bit tipsy, a little bit drunk. But in the UK, we've got loads of words that mean drunk. At some point, I'll make a video all about different ways to say drunk in British English. But for now, please be aware that buzzing means you're starting to get drunk. Up next, I've got a bunch of different slang words and they're all related to money. So I've kind of put them together in this part of the video. But the first one I've got for you is skint. Skin. If somebody tells you they are skint, what they mean is they don't have any money. Now, most people know the expression, I am broke. I am broke. I've got no money. I'm broke. And in the UK, this is like the British English version. I'm skint. I've got no money until I get paid next week. I am skint. For example, you might say something like, I've just had to repair my car. Now I'm proper skint until I get paid next week. Now, in England, the money 
is called pounds, right? One pound, two pounds, three pounds, and so on. However, British people don't really say that very often. We're much more likely to use the word quid. Quid just means pound. But be careful, when we're counting pounds, you know, one pound, two pounds, three pounds, four pounds, and so on, but it's not one quid, two quids, three quids. One quid, two quid, three quid. So be careful with that. Now the paper money, we've got a five pound note. This is called a fiver. And we've got a 10 pound note. This is called a tenner. But a 20 pound note is not called a 20th. So don't say that, it's just a 20 pound note. When we're talking about the coins, the one pound coins, some people call it a nugget. And when we're talking about small change, People call it shrapnel. For example, mate, I've only got a fiver. Have you got any shrapnel for vending machine? Up next is the word in it. In it, mate. In it. And this is basically a contraction of the word isn't it. Ooh, in it. And we use this one all the time. We basically use it like a tag question, isn't it? For example, maybe you would hear somebody say, it's hot today, isn't it? However, in England, you're much more likely to hear somebody say, it's proper warm, innit? <laughs> That's just how we speak. And a good response to this would just be, innit? So <laughs> it's a really useful word. Try it out with your British mates. Now, British people are well known for being sarcastic. We don't take stuff too seriously and we like to make fun of everything. That's why I want to show you the expression, taking the piss. This one means to mock or be sarcastic towards something just for fun. Now, we'll often make fun of our friends. We'll tease our friends. We'll tease as mates. We'll say pretty nasty things, but we're only joking. We're only messing around. We're taking the piss. For example, I might say, my friends took the piss out of me so much last week when I lost my wallet. We can also use it as an exclamation when somebody says something that we don't think is exactly true or we think someone is lying. For example, I could say something like £9.80 for a pint. Are you taking the piss? It's now last up is the word bollocks. This is a really, really British word. And in most cases, we're just using it as like an expression when something goes wrong. Oh, bollocks. You know, for example, oh dear, like that, but with more swearing because British people quite enjoy swearing. Bollocks. For example, you could get home after work, you open the fridge, and you realize there's no milk, and then you remember, oh, I was supposed to buy milk on the way home. Bollocks! I was supposed to buy milk and I forgot. Now I have to go back out to the shop. And to be honest, I can't be arsed. I'm proper knackered. Bollocks! Like that. Good stuff. So hopefully you learned those different slang phrases and, you know, you can use those phrases to understand British people, understand British TV shows and films and songs and even make some British friends and impress them with your British slang knowledge. If you don't want to forget this stuff, get the cheat sheet. It's totally free. DanSenseiEnglish.com forward slash study squad. Download it now. Read all the examples, read all the explanations, and use the free space to make your own sentences. It'll help you remember this stuff for longer. 
Good stuff, right? This week we've got, still coming up, we've got Friday, another episode of The Chinwag. So I haven't even decided what I'm going to talk about for that yet. That's how um, off the top of my head these things have been recently. But yeah, thanks so much for everyone that listens to these podcasts. Don't forget to give me a rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. You know, Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever. Leave me a rating. It's the best way to help the show out. And it'll hopefully mean that more people can find it. And that'll make me happy. I'll be buzzing if you do that. So yeah, good stuff. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your week. And I'll catch you in the next one.